Welcome to Space Action Podcast, a division of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic that you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I'm Denise Inchama. And I'm Chris Carson. And as you could no doubt tell, there is a bit of a lag, and I'm sure you can all guess why. Yeah, we are, uh, we are trapped in our respective <laughs> locations and have to do a podcast over uh, Messenger, basically, and recording into, right. our, into our First, uh, phones. So let's address the big fucking 19. Yeah. <laughs> the elephant in the room, man. The COVID. Uh, uh, wishing every... Yeah, wishing everybody out there all the best in these uh, quarantine times. God, I'm just going to start serious and bring everyone down for a minute, yeah. remind everybody. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> and uh, then One... we'll move on from there yeah. to our regular nerdiness. What have you been up to? Uh, not much. Um, I'll, give, I'll give my COVID-19 update, and then uh, I want to hear what Toronto's like. Um, basically cause Sam, uh, my lady friend works at a hospital. So she, one of her coworkers, uh, came down with the plague. So we were in quarantine for a oh, while Jesus. and, um, we're, we have to, we're kind of in constant quarantine because she works at a hospital. So we're always having to like look out for symptoms. So basically I've become yes. like a 1950s housewife. I like get up and, and make Sam <laughs> breakfast and then like clean the house and then just like sit around with nothing to do watching TV and eating bonbons and like raising a dog. And I have I'm just imagining you. Oh, sorry. Remember that woman in Fargo right before Steve Buscemi breaks in the house and she's like knitting on the couch watching daytime TV. Yeah. And then <laughs> fucking Henson's curled up in your lap. <laughs> That's Well, Henson just got neutered. So he's he's in a complete like you took my balls you asshole mood for the past three days since he lost his <laughs> balls but um yeah it's been it's been interesting just sort of trapped in here um it's kind of hilarious because i, I want to say that being a uh, a a house spouse totally a breeze i gotta say and with like a puppy <laughs> it's kind of like a kid so i mean people need to stop complaining i mean unless, unless you don't want your dreams uh, crushed because that also is part of it. But as long as you're okay with that, man, to say it's a lot of work is such a whiny thing to say. It's like, if you don't mind the compromise of your free will yeah. and mental stability, hey! If you don't mind the... All ex- you need is a cupboard full of mother's little helpers, man. That's it. Yeah. And you're good to go. If you don't mind the existential crisis of realizing you're slowly dying one day at a time, unfulfilled and not following your dreams in life... <laughs> Stuck washing the floor and making dinner and taking care of little rugrats rolling at your feet. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, you know, those adventures, those hard times. Those are, how's the uh, between the living room <laughs> yeah, and your bedroom and the bedroom? How's Toronto? Have you been uh, shooting some uh, some guerrilla uh, end of the world movies out on the empty streets? Yeah, pretty much. You could actually go out there easily and film. Like a, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, the production value here is great. To go like to Young and Dundas Square or Nathan Phillips Square, and there's absolutely nobody. Um, I've been nowhere near there. Um, I haven't gone out of my neighborhood in the past three weeks. 
four weeks now. Um, other than grocery runs, and then, which are I've probably only done two or three. Mm-hmm. I have not left the fucking house. Oh man. yeah, no, like, that's the way to go, um, especially when you have a, a a lung issue as you do. So that's what freaked me out the most. Um, I got sick right after my birthday, uh, which was uh, the 11th. So on the 13th, I got like my standard. It's going from winter into spring cold. Mm. And, you know, which is like, the symptoms are a runny nose. And I was like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> um, so I called my GP. And he went through the standard questions. Have you been in contact with anyone who's left the country? Um, have you been in contact with anyone who's infected with COVID-19? No, 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 no. He's like, just stay home till your symptoms clear. Once my, I think I was on like day four or five. And then they were like, everything's shutting down. Everything started closing. Yeah. Everything's gone insane. So I was, yeah, I was home like five days before everything went really, really bad. I'm not going to lie. Every time I go out there, it's getting worse. Yeah. Uh, like the past three grocery runs I've gone to are getting more and more like 28 days later. Yeah. Uh, or like with like the lines and like how stringent people are being and how the supplies are running out really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing simple shit. Like I was walking down uh, Bloor Street one day and everything like some shops are boarded up just in case looters come by in the next couple of weeks. But a lot of places are like, hey, with takeout, you can have a beer. We will fucking give you a to-go cup. Yep. Please buy our food. Like, Jesus Christ. It's it's the strangest thing. It really does, like, you know, being a post-apocalyptic nerd, being like, okay, yeah, you, you, you get what you paid for, so here yeah. we are. Well, like, <laughs> I used to always say that, like, our grandparents and parents lived through such tumultuous times, like world wars and, 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 and uh, social revolutions, and the most we ever did was stood in line for Star Wars. And now, like, yep. all, all of the horrible things are happening when we're too old to be cool about it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, yeah, if, but Carson, if you're going to be cool about it, you got to be down on spring break saying, quote, I don't care if I get the corona. <laughs> well, I, guess, I don't think he was talking about the virus, though. I think he was just talking about his beverage getting he, fucked he just up. Wanted, he just and they just took that. Yeah, and then the fucking socialist media took that clip <laughs> and turned it into yet another conspiracy. Do you think Corona's going to rebrand after all this? Like when death toll hits about a million, do you think Corona's going to be like, oh, we are now um, zippity doo beer or something? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, they could just fucking give it a fun new logo or they'll be like, They'll just do something cute, like it'll do a Super Bowl commercial where someone's like, "Someone want Corona?" and they all turn their heads and they're like, "Ha ha ha!" You know, they'll 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 play it cool. <laughs> it's funny to imagine the PTSD flashbacks we're gonna have it in like twenty years when someone offers us a Corona. <laughs> like, oh Jesus! Um, yesterday, I think yesterday or the day before, they said this could go on for another eighteen months to two years to stay below the oh, curve. Yeah. So it's like this. Oh yeah, this is insane. Uh, yeah, insane. I'm not going to bring everybody down by the quoting the projections I was reading, but like there was a morning where I just read a bunch of stuff about like, okay, what are people actually saying? The information's out there if you want to go and read it. I won't be the messenger, but I would just spend all of one day just in the fetal position. It's like it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> please, it's just it's going to be fine. Please, please the love of God, fine. My favorite thing about all of this, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, man. As a comic book podcast and as a comic book nerd, this was our giant squid. Mm. Like, 
I don't want to get political with nothing, but I will say this much. This was our Watchmen giant squid where the entire planet should have unified against a fucking common evil and been like, oh shit, like we need to fucking reamend how our systems work because we need to work together to defeat this thing. But all we really got out of it was toilet paper hoarding and a bunch of xenophobia. <laughs> and I'm, well, I'm, maybe- I'm really not proud of humanity right now. <laughs> Maybe that'll come when, like, when it peaks at the extreme. Like, I saw someone tweeted, and I thought it was funny, where it's like, in all dystopic sci-fi, whenever something like this happens, like, people wage war on each other and become tribal in in bands. And we're, like, sharing art and singing out the windows. And it's like, yeah, but the power hasn't (laughs) gone out yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's week four. Right. It's week four. four. (laughs) And people are all... Yeah, and people are already just like, oh my god, it's not that bad. Let's just go inside. <laughs> Fuck it. They're like those people in the in the mist who just voluntarily walk yeah. into the monsters. You're like, no, just chanting boomer remover, boomer remover as they wander out into the street. <laughs> it's insane. But yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, Sam and I just celebrate because we're stuck in here and we we really can't go out because we're like at ground zero of it all. I've been watching um, uh, virus movies. We watched 12 Monkeys and uh, Contagion. Contagion is horrifying because it actually, like, for the first 20 minutes of Contagion, it's almost a one-for-one one of what's happening in reality right now. And it was made back in 2011. Yeah, that's why I've been avoiding it. Well, because the, the creepy part is that, because it's even, it's a COVID virus. It comes from a bat. It, it comes from a fish market in China. Like, like, And it was made in 2011, so it was just so oddly one-for-one. One. And so when it got to the point of the movie where it surpassed where we are and when things started getting horrifying, it was like, oh, fuck. This is gut-wrenchingly <laughs> terrifying. That's <laughs> like that guy who wrote that book about the ti- like a, about an ocean liner that hit an iceberg and sank like 18 months before the Titanic even before set the, sail. Right. Like, if you're that writer, are you just sitting there watching shit being like, oh, dear God, no. Oh, dear God, no. I could have written a children's book. I could have written a book of dirty limericks, but oh, no. Yeah. I wonder how Steven Sonnenberg's feeling right now. It's just like, oh, did the bioterrorists watch my movie? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, but on a much lighter note, we I think we're, this week we're going to talk about a movie that symbolizes uh, domestic abuse, which... Is a much much lighter note, I guess. Ah, oh, thank God. Than the state of the world. Well, we all know that the real horrible threat to humanity is toxic masculin- masculinity. I can't exactly say it right. It's the invisible threat. In the, it's not it's, just. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. So it's a uh, Blumhouse is the invisible man. That's what we're going to talk about this week in our awkward um, uh, over the internet <laughs> isolation podcast. Yeah, so if there's weird beats in here, folks, just just bear with us. Yeah, and I'm sure the disparity between how our recording sound is going to be vast, but I mean, you got to work with what you got. Uh, we do what we do. You do what you got. So you just watched the Invisible Man, <laughs> like to, I literally like finished today. it like ten minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, we wa- we watched it two days ago, so it's still it's pretty fresh in both our minds, at least. Directed by Lee Huano of the Saw oh. franchise. Oh, was also it not a stranger dude? to this. Yeah, he's the he's the dude who's stuck in the room with Carrie Ulless in the first one. Oh, like an actor directed this. 
he well he's that he wrote and directed the first saw with uh what's it the guy who does your 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 love fest what's it called the ones that you love oh, so goddamn oh yeah much. The, yeah yeah the, I love them. <laughs> the uh, insidious and um, insidious. conjuring movies yeah what's his name Aquaman why yeah, can't yeah, I remember uh, his name the director James, James Wan James Wan so Lee Wannell's the other half who made Saw. And that this is was his flick. He's not a stranger to this podcast. He also did that upgrade movie that I saw. Oh yeah, I remember that talking yeah, about yeah. that. And then I, I also remember never mm. watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You didn't miss much. I didn't know. You did not miss much. <laughs> it's it's entertaining, but like, would I recommend it to anyone? Nah. <laughs> if it's on TV, like, give it a whirl. But nah. yeah, I think like talking to you about it, I was like, I feel like I've watched it, and I feel like I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so what? Invisible. Yeah, I'm sorry. What did you think of the fact that um, after spending hundreds of millions of dollars on fucking vampire movies and mummy movies, and then setting Johnny Depp up? Remember, he was going to be the Invisible Man. He was good. Back in the day, you can even—I think you could still find the picture of all of them in Mm. that group shot. Vanity Fair, which is such a stupid publicity move. They're not even in costumes. They didn't even put them on a spooky background or anything. They're literally just sitting in chairs, being like like, one day. Yeah, look at us, we're Marvel. Where is it? You'll see. You'll see. Oh, if we get these first three movies to work, we'll have one unifying movie after that one. Yeah, and instead of all of that, we got, like, a $5 million, like, minuscule budget actual horror movie, which is great because that's what these monsters were, right? Like, actual horror movies. And also taking a modern take on it, you know? Like, I thought, like, that's the point of horror movies. They have to speak for the time. And then he's like, I'm going to do a story about, like, a domestic abuse and fucking gaslighting. I was like, oh shit, right. son. And, well played. And like, what better character to like symbolize the psychological effect of being afraid of someone when they're not even there than the invisible man? Yep. It's kind of perfect. It's a really great movie. It was really smart. Like the part where I thought it really came together, like I'm gonna spoil this right out of the gate. Um it start okay. it's pretty much like a Scooby Doo episode for the first three quarters of it. <laughs> Like, the yeah, whole time, is, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it's the only other male character that's not the black guy. It's gotta be him. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? So, eventually, what it, they reveal it, and I look at the time bar, there's still 25 minutes left. I'm like, oh. Oh, where are we, where are we going with this half, then? That's where it got interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Where they almost went, like, and I don't know if you've ever seen... It actually was Adrian, yeah. Yeah, and then... It kind of went almost like a little bit, there was a reason for doing the whole spousal abusive kind of relationship story, just to have that satisfaction and that payoff of her spoilers, again, going back and slitting that fucking dude's throat. Uh, getting I the, was uh, like invisible suit out of the closet that she ran away with and yes, murdering him. But also the fact, like, it was such a, like, Michael Corleone, Sons of Anarchy, eye for an eye type death. Like, you slit my sister's throat with an invisible suit? Sir, I'm going to slit your throat with an invisible suit. Fuck yeah. you. I was yeah. like, that was a pretty gangster shit at so the end. Like, holy get fuck. away with it, yeah. Um, well, basically, just, yeah, the whole parable they built up in that movie of just being like, I'm going to use it to talk about essentially a weird form of the Me Too movement in the form of a universal monster movie, you know? Yeah. It's um it was and it was the type of like a quote unquote progressive movie that wasn't preachy and annoying. 
it was actually well done and yeah. explored a theme. It didn't just say like, aren't men terrible? It was like, this guy's a monster and, and she's an abusive relationship. And also I love like the idea of just the hysteria <laughs> of it all. <laughs> oh, like her slowly gaslighting going mad? Yeah, exactly. Like, who would believe that you slit your sister, didn't slit your sister's throat at a dinner table? You know what I mean? Uh, Invisible Man, really great. <laughs> you should watch it. What I really liked about it, to be honest with you, I thought the best part about it, because people kept saying how great it was, but it's one of those things you actually just have to see it to get why it's that great, was how they mm. filmed the Invisible Man even though you couldn't see him. Like, they would just follow him down a hallway. Or someone would go out of focus as we focus on him. And because and there's, there's nothing, no one yeah. there, it's it's so smart. Like, that was the most unsettling part of watching that movie. Was it was saying nothing while saying a whole lot of shit. Like, he's right fucking there. Like, we're yeah. not going to do a Kevin Bacon Hollow Man thing. He's just right fucking there. Because I'm telling <laughs> you, he's right fucking there. And there was just so much, like, empty space in every shot that you left. Your eye yeah. was constantly searching. Like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Yeah. And what did you think of the fact that it wasn't a formula? It was like a magic suit, of an optic suit, a predator suit, basically. Because uh, it's one of those things I'm like, if that technology or a close approximation of it already exists, then fucking use that technology. Like, they kind of do have invisibility-type cloaking right now, where they mm. have like a camera mounted on the front that replicates what's on the back, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, dude, the, the formula's stupid. Get, get, you gotta get rid of the formula. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if it's gonna be if you're just gonna take something that I know already exists and just upgrade fine that works for me yeah and it was a weird little like um, a hole filled suit that was just creepy as hell to look at I, I know I have tryptophobia pretty badly did you get all like wigged out yeah, see, I don't have tryptophobia, but I totally, like, especially the musical cues that accompanied the suit reveal was something straight out of a hammer horror. So it was like, oh, oh when God. she splashes it with the paint. That, and also when she finds it in the basement, and it's like this almost operatic, operatic synthy choir sound. And it's like, oh, it's so uh, yeah. awkward and horrible sounding. It's just so creepy as fuck. And is someone in there? Like, you don't even know. Exactly. Yeah. The only problem I have with that movie, that's like, there's, and it's all I know. It's a horror movie. If it played out like real life, there'd be no tension, and it'd be fucking stupid. Mm. Take the suit with you. <laughs> oh, when she ran out of the closet, that made no sense. <laughs> Take the suit with you, girl. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't understand that because she ran in with it and then just bailed. I was like, oh, you're just setting up something later, aren't you? Because that was the exactly the one leap in logic. You don't want to take the evidence proving that your story is right right piece of material from the house that you could easily have fit in a reusable canvas bag we saw which she does at the end yeah yeah no that that part really bugged me because as soon as she ran out i remember i turned to sam and i was like wait where's the suit did she have the suit with her why did she leave the suit and i was so confused yeah and i was like oh they're just setting this up for later fuck you movie but that was the only fuck you movie moment there was another one that kind of bugged me. It's after the paint splash because it's such a shock you don't oh. really think about it. I'm like, take the cell phone and the fucking sketchbook of shit he left up there with you. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> and also, if you're going to use something like paint to reveal the suit, you can't have him clean it so quickly and efficiently. Like, Right? Yeah. It should have been water, like just so you see this water dripping off the suit. I guess because, like, they were doing renovations, they were like, and then she throws a bucket of paint on it. Right. But you're right. Water, like, even the 
if she just had some juice. Yeah. She took some iced tea up with her or some coffee or something. And just splash on Because paint, it's like he ran to the sink and washed the paint off. And you're going, wait a, wait a minute. This is making me question the validity of this weird horror movie. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's painted a room at least once or twice has spilt a bucket of paint and has seen how fucking much of a pain oh, it yeah. is. It is to clean that shit Absolutely up. Absolutely terrible. But other than that, really good. <laughs> The other problem moment, I was kind of just like, fuck you, movie. <laughs> but I, I don't want to shut out too much. I did enjoy it for the most part. Was the hallway scene whenever he's just sniping cops left and right. A lot of cops for an insane asylum, but I'll, I'll take it. You know, I... An institution. Yeah. I, don't, I want to remain PC here. I, I, I keep um, saying, everything's great. And then you come up with another point, And then it makes me think of a point. Because how come that little weaselly guy was like a kung fu master? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, he was a businessman. Maybe he's one of those like front street dudes who, like, in his downtime, does like fucking Muay Thai or some just shit. something. And then because he's invisible, he has the edge. Yeah, you know, he works in the fucking banking industry. Him and his brother, he got him into the Joe Rogan podcast or something, <laughs> and now they just fucking juice and wear invisible suits. They go nuts. Hey, speaking of Joe Rogan, he made an offhanded comment about how Trump was better than Biden, and now Trump has like retweeted it, and everyone's screaming at Joe Rogan. <laughs> Oh, that backfired quickly. Super quickly. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to shit on Joe Biden. Everyone fucking hates him for liking Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And Trump <laughs> Trump retweeted it. <laughs> like, oh, you pathetic old man. That's like someone saying you're almost as big of a piece of shit as that guy, and you're like, see that? I'm not as much of a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do have to say, like, I am not a religious person at all. But the final nail in any kind of question of whether or not God exists will be if Trump doesn't die from this plague. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? If he survives oh this God. plague, that is proof positive that there is no God. <laughs> It'd be great. You know what? I could see him as a type of dude like he's already been diagnosed positive. So he's just going to do a lot of weird shit before <laughs> the second of the next election coming up. Right before the end. He's going to finally bang that daughter of his. <laughs> That's why he's keeping all the masks from Canada. He's like, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. On a slightly unrelated note, are you caught up on Better Call Saul? I am caught up on Better Call Saul. We could do. I don't think I can use the jingle now on iTunes, but uh, we could do a Better Call Saul recall. Saul recall. Saul recall. Isn't that it? That could be it, it. Was it was me like horribly singing to the theme tune from. <laughs> Better call Saul. Uh, it's just awkward. But uh, what do you think of the season so far? It's a little out of like because the problem is with like that sh- series, that universe is that when it's tight, it's airtight. Mm-hmm. So when there's a bit of air, you're kind of like oh, oh, <laughs> like that. That w- should have like I get like they like to you know really pull the taffy on that show, but some of the plot lines I'm like that could have been resolved a lot easier. Yeah. It's getting a little strange. But I'm getting the feeling that's because they've got a final date. They got an end, like a, a end destination at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so they. I feel like they retooled. Like, whenever I think you had mentioned that it felt like a lot of the plot lines from previous seasons dropped off. It really does feel like a hard left this season, yeah. where they're like, we have a conclusion point that we're going for, but we still have another um, season to get there. 
Yeah, exactly. So they're doing what they did in the last season of Breaking Bad over two seasons. Yeah, I, that's ex- that's what it feels like to me. I, I've noticed the same thing where it's just it's something not quite tangible that is a little off this season, and I think part of it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Bob Odenkirk seems like he's not trying as hard. Like his Saul is weird this season, and I'm wondering if maybe he got the scripts for the season and doesn't agree where they're taking the character. Because he's oh. he's often in interviews like said like I think it should be this way and I'm not going to be happy if it's another way and I'm wondering if that's what happened if it's like oh they they're going to kill Kim or something he doesn't agree with it so he, he I don't know it doesn't feel like he's bringing his A game or maybe he's just like sick or depressed or something I don't know but maybe it's just the character because I'm thinking I have noticed like this weird malaise about his performance and I wasn't sure for like now that you said it I just put it on the character I'm like oh he's acting off because he's going so far off the grid more than he ever has before like he's full blown this is like Jimmy's dead this is the nascent days of Saul Goodman mm-hmm. so he's still trying to get his footing like with the last episode where he just has that meltdown in the lobby oh he's yelling at, at, the, uh, Howard. at Howard yeah yeah I was like oh, okay no there's a reason why this Jimmy's off and Again, if I had to guess, if I really had to guess what it was, I think El Camino might have had something to do with it in that they've always had Ignacio and Lalo in the narrative since Saul's introduction. And I think now that they finally figured out how they're going to conclude the series that it ties back into Breaking Bad, they're trying to curve it towards this ending they didn't originally plan Mm -hmm. for. Um and I'm wondering if that has something to do with the fact they had everybody back for break it, for El Camino. Right. They're like, we can film a bunch of shit for Saul right now that we can keep in the can. So I don't know like if that's just me speculating, but it does feel like a, like a huge change of pace. I really noticed it with uh, Michael, Mike's character. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're like in one episode, he snaps at his granddaughter only to get the shit kicked out of him so he can go to that medical farm to get rehabilitated. And I was like, all of that was just so you could curb his fuck you to Gus at the start of the season. Where he was like, you keep your goddamn money. All of that was just one big ploy. And now he's right back where he started at the start of the season. Yeah. So I'm like, huh, okay. Like, weird choice. Because, again, this show's usually airtight. Yeah. And specifically that scene you mentioned with um, uh, when he's yelling at Howard is one of the performance moments where I thought, like, oh, we're seeing something about Jimmy's character becoming Saul. But... Odenkirk doesn't feel like he's giving it his all. It, it almost felt like he was holding back, even though he was supposed to be completely unhinged in that moment. So that's why I'm wondering if a lot of this is is his acting. The way he's interpreting the character this season seems off. It, right. It's very odd. And I thought the scenes with Hank were just so awkward. They felt like so forced and weird. Just the dialogue between him and Gomi. That, yeah, it was, like again, because... I know that they were really trying to go hard with the Breaking Bad cameos. You know, Bill Burr was supposed to come back this season. Oh, and he didn't. Why has he come back? Yeah, because of Disney. He was. <laughs> I think he was. Pre- <laughs> he probably was working on the Mandalorian. Actually, now that I think about yeah. it. But uh, he was supposed to be. Uh, what's his face from uh, GTA Five? I thought. Was, Remember, he. I knew. I knew it. I didn't know it, but I knew yeah. it because as soon as he said, "I'm calling someone," I was like, "Oh, Bill Burr's about to show up," and then it was the dude from GTA. And I was like, "Oh, he's the guy from season yeah. one." Neat, but no Bill Burr. Yeah. I think uh, he talked about it in one, Bill Burr in one of his podcasts was like I was offered an opportunity but I was working on something else so I couldn't fucking do it blah 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 and I'm like that had to be that it. had to that be that had to be it I wonder yeah. if they're gonna bring him in next season maybe I hope so but like going again going back to like they're going hard with the callbacks to other characters like Hank yeah um, 
I, I, I don't know. It, it, it really does. I don't like what. There was no reason to include Hank of all the DEA agents. It could have been anybody. I know, yeah. I, I guess to show that he's been on the Salamancas forever. I guess. And that was kind of that was kind of his arc is that it eventually that investigation killed him. I guess. But then I'll, if I'm really also when when <laughs> Hank meets Saul in Breaking Bad, you get the vibe that that's the first time they've met. So it's weird to to sort of backlog that they've met before. It's like Chewie and Yoda. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're just like, you were friends all along? Yeah. What? <laughs> I was thinking about that recently. That part in uh, Empire, whenever Luke's like, Chewie, you take care of yourself. He scratches his neck and Chewie hugs him and shit. If only Luke was like, I'm off to Dagobah to search for a Jedi Master named Yoda. Yeah. He would have been like, oh shit, get out. <laughs> Bitch, I've worked with that guy. He's so good. Yo, tell him fucking Chew Dog says hi because he'll, he'll get it. He'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you're invoking like a prequel Star Wars into talking about any TV show, that's never a good sign. <laughs> but you know what? At this point, it's still pretty. It's like they're like not even I wouldn't say B game. I'm still enjoying the fuck out of it. But it's seeing them kind of like you could tell whenever this that show's so good at hiding the strings mm-hmm. that are being pulled that when the payoff's happening, you're like, oh, that's so fucking smart. Now you can really feel like, okay, we're pulling you in this direction because just wait, just wait. I feel like the payoff's going to be worth it. And I th- I have faith in them as writers, you know? And as writers, I think, because they, they paid such close attention to Breaking Bad, uh, there's little spoilers that I think are unintentional. Like, in Breaking Bad, at one point, Saul Goodman says, just ask my three ex-wives about whatever, whatever the line was. And then in the most recent episode where him and Kim get married so that they can have that protection so he can tell Kim what's going on, they they say, do you have the annulments from your last two marriages? So in, ah. so in Breaking Bad, they do mention three ex-marriages. So I guess yep. Kim is just going to end up leaving him. Andrew, or murked. Or murked. Because I'm trying to think, like, what else pushes him that far into hiding to the point where he's working? It's not except working, but he... I guess he just introduces Walt to Gus. He doesn't really work, work for him. Gus. He only knows um, um, Mike. Mike, yeah. Well, that's another th- yeah. that's another thing too. Because in an interview uh, about season five, Bob Odenkirk said like I, he, they mentioned about Kim's fate, and he actually said like I wouldn't be happy if Kim died because that feels like Jimmy would move away from a life of crime and not more into yep. it. Um, and so it maybe the scripts do have Kim dying, and maybe that's why he's not giving it his all this season because it does feel like he's holding back. I because as much as I love the writing on Breaking Bad, it does have this unyielding cruelty. It's like what you think is gonna, not going to happen, it's going to fucking happen. Example: Whenever uh, they make Jesse, what's his face, um, Meth Damon executes his girlfriend like right in front of him. The neo-Nazis make them watch. They're like, they're not going to do it. They fucking do it. They won't kill Jane. They fucking kill Jane. So I'm looking at Kim, and I'm like, oh, Kim. <laughs> oh, baby. Get the fuck away from this guy. <laughs> like, oh, no. you got to get as far away as possible. Yeah. yeah. It was the scene whenever he first links up with Lalo. He's like, do you want to be a friend of the cartel? And she, like, the dour performance that they made her give in that situation. They're about to fuck. And also, yeah. Jimmy's like, by the way, um, I'm working for the cartel. And the way Kim was like, is that something that you want? I'm like, this is going to blow back on her. Oh, There's yeah. no way this doesn't blow back on her. Oh, for sure. And can I just say how awkward it was seeing uh, Saul Goodman have sex? Trying to fuck. 
But I, I thought of that too. But how many times did we have to see Walton Skyler fuck? We saw True. Walton Skyler fuck a lot. So but Saul is so much scummier though. I've been, going, <laughs> I've been going back and watching like first appearances of Saul when he's actually kind of fat and he has that greasy mullet and he actually yeah. acts completely differently. He's way over. He's just basically playing a scumbag used car salesman at that point. I always compared him to a successful Lionel Hutz. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then now it's like, um, I don't know, it's in, in, a, in a weird way, the depth of Jimmy McGill takes away from Saul Goodman and doesn't add to it in some ways. I can, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, because you kind of like the the superhero character that he was in the original series. But like, this guy is fucking, like, Grease Lightning. He's untouchable. Like, yeah. even Walter White in the end doesn't get the final say over this guy's life. He still it, slips away. Yeah. But seeing him have this much depth and be so fragile, you're like, oh, okay. He's just a dude, and I kind of feel bad for him now. Yeah, which <laughs> like is, his, oh sorry, for the past like what thirty years, his life has been shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> which as for a, an actor, that's really interesting to play. But for an audience, it's sort of like oh, there is something to be lost from a scumbag having depth. Mm-hmm. And also, Bob Odenkirk's almost sixty, and he's really start. Everyone's starting to look so fucking old. In this yeah. show, it's like a, a yeah. series about a bunch of grandpas <laughs> running around doing stuff. They had they because they already had plumpy Meth Damon. They had a bit of that when they reintroduced Gus's doctor, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Whoa, that dude has been fucking chilling and getting big." Like yep. he looked, he looked like a fucking. I don't want to be rude or nothing, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that man looked way different. He had a bit of the fucking. Todd's, uh, what did we determine last time? He had some sort of thyroid condition that made him really <laughs> Just bloated him up for that weekend, and then he got Woo! really skinny again. That weekend yeah. Todd got fat should have been the name of the El Camino. He started tasting the product that Gus was fucking slinging. He was like, this meth ain't bad. <laughs> this meth's you- okay, but not as good as your fried chicken, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> but Gus, too, he's looking ancient. Like, when he in the last episode, when he burnt down the... Uh, yeah, uh, the restaurant. It was like Listen, watching your grandpa. <laughs> he's been tracking down fucking intergalactic children. When the, he's got shit to do, he's a busy man. He popped up. What else did he pop up in recently? I was watching something. And I was like, Jesus fuck! Is there anything you're not in now? Can't remember what it was. This I, makes I, for I, interesting podcasting, but I, uh, <laughs> we we highly encourage people to Google it and leave a comment. <laughs> Great. But yeah, Giancarlo Esposito, man, like I, I, I could just watch that dude eat cheese. Mm-hmm. Like I would watch an entire series of just Gus at home. Whenever they showed him checking into the hotel, I was like, please just show an entire scene of Gus Fring brushing his teeth, okay. reading a book, going to bed, setting an alarm on his phone. Like I could watch this all day. Oh, her too. The girl. What's her name? Uh, the Stevia. Oh, uh, Lydia. It's Lydia. She, she, she's aged too. I guess it has been like a decade since Breaking Bad. The one that really threw me for a loop was when they reintroduced uh, the head of the company who uh, defibrillates himself. Yeah, he looks and so, I was like, so much older. I was like, who the fuck is this supposed to be? When I Googled him, I was like, oh, man, it has been a decade. Yeah. Holy shit. There, I don't know. It's that fine line because I do respect like like the creative process of we're making a prequel, but we're not going to sully it with de-aging everyone. But at the same time, it takes you out of the story to have them so old. So it's like a lose-lose situation. Yeah, but at the same like you're right. I wouldn't want to watch an Irishman version of right. fucking Better Call Saul either. It'd just be weird. Yeah, or like Todd thinned down in El Camino. 
And like, oh, it would just be weird. <laughs> they give him the fucking Steve Rogers body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was Steve Rogers. That one freaked me out because he still had the voice of a big guy. It just didn't look right. This yep. tiny, scrawny dude, he was like, I don't like bullies. <laughs> I could do this all day. You're all like, all day. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I would back off just because he sounds like that. Like, what the shit? Hey, speaking of, of not specifically Marvel movies, but movies in general, it kind of looks like in the next six months, we're not going to have any new media for like a year. So this podcast is going back. to suffer. Everything's getting pushed back. Theaters are closed. Disney just put up their new uh, Onward, the new Pixar that came out like a couple weeks ago is already on Disney streaming. We could start reviewing celebrity live streams. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let's move this podcast over to TikTok and, and get the kids. <laughs> get the kids. As long as you stop referring to them as kids. Get the kids. <laughs> I actually, I downloaded TikTok because I was curious about it. All it is is a series of like 14-year-olds with their tits out wiggling on camera. It's really weird. Weird. It's, it's, it's like people doing lame dad jokes and 14-year-olds showing off their bodies. That's TikTok. So it's, I, I, I assumed it was like Vine where you just – I sound like such an old man. Me too. Uh, I thought it was just like Vine where you make like 12-second videos and that was it. Me, yeah, me too. It, it's sort of like Vine the next generation where you can add, you can add some editing effects to it and music to it and stuff. But it seems unlike Vine where people were doing sketches, this has just become, like, again, predominantly young ladies <laughs> wiggling their nipples and then, like, weird, like, prank things and or, or, or copy. The like prank, those. Oh, sorry. The prank stuff I see a lot because, I'm not going to lie, I watch a lot of compilation videos of people falling down because, mm. you know what? Fuck you. It makes me laugh. And, you know, it's better <laughs> than half the shit on Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, it's crazy. Like, again, not to just to, to dour the podcast, but it's it's really weird that the next year or two is going to be unlike anything we've ever experienced. Well, you still got television coming out, right? Well, I don't know. And... All, like, a lot of productions are being halted. So I think. Well, so I think what's going to happen is probably a lot of people have a, movies in the can that were set for later releases like fucking you know we got that new Bond movie and fucking um, uh, uh, new Black Mutants. Widow so Black like Widow. they're they're smart those guys they're smarter than we are they make billions of dollars we're gonna pace those movies out and just doll them out slowly until like they slowly give the green light to go out and start productions again I, I imagine they'll just they'll spoon feed out a movie here and there maybe they'll like release half of New Mutants or yeah, something right? you know? as a series and I guess it really depends on how long the, this quarantine is in effect. Like, if it is for a year of this, then they will eventually run out. Well, you know, that's just where we have to start getting back in to old-timey radio and puppet shows. And I'm telling you, man. frankly, I can't wait. Yeah, no, seriously. I, I just want to start making, like, an, like an old-fashioned radio play, like The Shadow or The Phantom or something. I'm telling you. Be fun. Be- It'd be so much fun. I mean, it would be insane. The, the amount of difficulty it took for us to even record this podcast today, <laughs> it would be insane. But still, it would be a lot of fun. You know what's actually pretty fun, if anyone out there does have an Oculus Quest, is you can download this, basically a 3D version of Google Maps, and you can just wander around the world. Like, uh, for, those of you, cool. for those of you who don't know, I went to Egypt last year, and so I actually went and walked along the streets I walked on in Egypt, and it felt like I was there. It was really fun. That's really cool. 
It was neat. Yeah. So you're settling nicely into your Wally pod there. You got your fucking headset on yep. proper. You don't, you don't need to leave the house anymore is what you're trying to tell oh me. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I'm kind of a hermit. I will admit it, but even this is a bit much for me. Like, it's it's a little nuts. <laughs> Remember the irony I was telling? We were talking about this in the Lighthouse podcast. I was like, how long would you last? Because four weeks is a long time. Dude, we're at four weeks, and it's like, hmm. Well, you get what you pay for, man. I said it before, and I'll say it again. What? 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 Uh, it's best not to quarrel with a seabird. I wonder how. I wonder how many people are discovering that movie now and being like, "Turn it off." Turn, turn I'd it rather. Off. I'd rather watch Contagion. Just turn it off. <laughs> oh man! If you want to get completely freaked out, watch Contagion. It. It. I don't know if I want to, dude. Like. That'd be like if I was fucking hell in the basement for fucking, you know, hundreds, not hundreds of years, like decades by a psychopath. The first thing you want me to watch is that Brie Larson movie where she's fucking stuck in the goddamn basement. I'm like, nah, I, and, and, like, I will watch 99.9% of the movies or series on the fucking planet right now. I don't think I can have the fucking balls to watch Contagion right now. I'm just not feeling it. I'm living yeah. it. I don't need to watch oh. it. Yeah, we we went down the contagion rabbit hole. I think because it, it hit us so close that one of Sam's actual like coworkers has it, still has it. She's had it for six weeks now, and yeah, um, it lasts and lasts and lasts. And so we were like, you know, let let's approach this since it's fucking terrifying. Let's approach it in a way that we can sort of micromanage it, I guess, and just watch some outbreak movies and therapeutically. Yeah, I made the comment and I, and I stand by it. Is that like Game of Thrones style? You know, the, in the first season when the old Nan is talking to Bran and she says, "You're a child of summer. You have no idea what winter is or what cold is." I kind of feel like that's us. This uh, specifically right. uh, millennial generation that we are, and especially Generation Z, the TikTok generation. It's like right, we're, chil- right, right. we're children of summer. <laughs> we have no fucking idea how cold it can get, and we're like, "Oh no, it's just fine. Let's just go out." I know, and the funny thing is, it again. I don't want to bring it back to this because again, we're all thinking about it. But it's like if there's there's no subtlety in it. Like flatten the curve, people. If you look at all the information on the internet available, it's just like okay, see this tiny inclination in front of this enormous hill. That's where we are. Yeah. Okay. So no matter how we slice it, it's gonna get worse. Just it's either gonna. Fuck yeah. out. <laughs> it's it's either like Thanos it and let it burn through and kill off half the population and save the planet. So you know maybe a little team Thanos, or lower the curve and it's gonna last two years. So either option is fucking awful. It's kind of like you know what do you call it? I, I you know people like all those fucking TV shows like America's Funniest Home Videos where you had to lock in your votes and everything. People are voting by fucking going out, going out, like yeah. consciously or not. You know what I mean? Like it's like all right, yeah, enjoy I found yourselves. It, I found it funny that all the younglings because originally it came out the information was like young people like under twenty don't get it, but then the first twenty year old died the other day, so it's like no, no, it's killing everybody. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to try and figure out a way to get my mic to work off my computer, and then we can just talk on our cell phones. I think that's going to be the best way to go. All right, so here's an entire episode you may or may not hear, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one's going to be tough, guys, to get through. (laughs) It's going to be tough. But I'm going to do my best to make it sound as natural as possible. So wish me luck and Godspeed. All right. That's Space Action Podcast for this today. Yeah, everyone, everyone stay safe, everyone stay inside, and we'll see you sometime in the future. Bye! Bye!